Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen. Thank you so much, Dylan, for sharing that testimony. That's so good. He shared that with me, and, and God's just been speaking to me about favor. And I said, oh, man, that's, that's favor. You got to share that testimony on Sunday. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Happy Resurrection Sunday. What an awesome time in worship. It was just, it just blessed my heart so much to see people just dancing in worship. And uh, Caleb's little girl was up here just dance, spinning around. And I was like, that's what I want to be like, just, just spinning around on the floor there in the presence of the Lord, break dancing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God is so good. Okay, so I have some funny stuff for you this morning. So, you know the routine. Let's just get the laughers warmed up. Just ha, ha, ha. He, 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 ha, ha, ha. So many times when I just kind of like ha, 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 it just starts to come. And I'm like, okay, ha, 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 ha. This is becoming a real laugh now. So we can, uh, we can cultivate uh, joy in our life. Okay, so I have some funny stuff. I got this from Bill Johnson. So if you don't like him, you, just, you can blame him. The blame goes squarely to him. And uh, yeah, see what I did there? Just like, now, it, now it's, it's okay if they don't like him. It's not my fault. Okay, so, so I got these from Bill Johnson. If your lawyer is wearing a suit that doesn't fit and talking on a flip phone, you're going to jail. <laughs> Some women, no, <laughs> this one's bad. Okay, this is, it's Bill Johnson's fault, okay. Some women don't like to walk in the rain because it sets their face back to factory default. <laughs> Blame Bill. <laughs> oh, man. I got gas today for $1.39. Unfortunately, it was at Taco Bell. That's the only place you're going to get gas for $1.39 right now. Okay, this one's my favorite. I'm on my, se- I'm on my second guardian angel. My first one quit and is now in therapy. <laughs> he just couldn't hack it. <laughs> it's like, please, God, reassign me. <laughs> okay, I got one more. I checked Kelly Blue Book today for my car's value, and it asked if the tank was full or empty. Yeah. Relevant for today, yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you your presence is here. Jesus, we're just so thankful for what you did on the cross for us. We're just so thankful. We just pray, Jesus, that you just reveal another layer of what it means for us today to be in your family, to take part in in what you did, what you accomplished for us on the cross. We just thank you, Father. You've welcomed us with open arms into your family, and you teach us what real family is like. So we just thank you, God. I just pray an anointing on this word today. I just thank you that I'm not relying on my abilities, but I'm relying on the anointing of the Holy Spirit to just flow today. So we do this sometimes. Just put your hands out in front of you, and let's just say this. This is a a powerful prayer that you can do anywhere, anytime. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Come in this place. And we just pray that you just have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. So if I were to ask you, what was the very first crisis that man faced, mankind faced in the Bible? What do you think that would be? If you look back at the Genesis story, Adam and Eve, what was the very first problem, crisis? Most people would say sin, right? Everything was great. They were in the garden. And then sin, sin came into the world. Kicked out of the garden. It was, this was a crisis. But actually, even before sin, there was a major problem that man faced. So think about creation. God was creating everything. He's creating the ocean and the seas. And he's like, that's good. And he creates all the animals. And he says, that's good. And he creates the stars and the moon and the sun. And he's like, that's good. But there was one thing in Genesis where he said, this is not good. He said, this is not good. And this was before sin. This can be found in Genesis 2.18. So the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So what was the problem? Aloneness. Aloneness was the problem. And God's answer to aloneness was family. Was family. He created a woman so that they could become family. They could become one flesh together. So today I want to talk to you about family. So usually on Easter, I, I love Easter, and it's usually a Sunday where I preach, like I pull like a passage out of the Gospels, and I'm just like, I feel like there's two different types of messages I do. Sometimes I feel like God just gives me a passage, and I just teach out of it, and I love those messages. And then there's other times where it's more of an exhortation message. So I was getting, getting ready for like, okay, I'm just going to pull a passage out of the Bible, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach from it. It's going to be an evangelistic message. So that would be my idea of a good like Easter message, right? And, but I asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, show me what to speak on. And Friday morning, I woke up, and as I was waking up, as plain as day, like this was, this doesn't happen very often where it was this clear. As plain as day, I heard the Lord say, I want you to speak about family. And it was like startling, because I was like, whoa, like, yes, sir, like this is a directive. Like, I want you to preach about family. And so immediately, he just started giving me all these thoughts for family. And I believe this Easter, God's heart is on family right now. And he wants to talk about family. So God's answer to aloneness was family. This was actually the first crisis that mankind faced, aloneness. He said, it's not good. This is not good for man to be alone. So we know there's an attack on the family in our world today. There's absolutely an attack on the family. So why is there an attack on the family? I want to share a story with you. So this was so interesting. So I wake up on Friday morning. I feel like God says, I want you to speak about family on Sunday. And later that morning, we had a, a Bethel Leadership Network call where Levi hugs our leader. And we meet with all of our regional like uh, Bethel leaders. And Levi was just talking to us and he was just sharing about, he just got back from Turkey. He was on a, a ministry trip to Turkey. And he shared this story and it was so powerful and it's, and it's all about family. And it was just confirmation. So Levi goes to Turkey, and he said day one they get there. I think they spent about four or five days in Turkey. He said they just get there. They go into this town, and they get lost in the first place they're at. 
and the person they're with speaks Turkish, and she walks up to somebody to kind of get directions, like, hey, I think we're kind of lost. And so she's talking to this man, and Levi didn't know any of this, but this man was kind of short with her, kind of like, kind of like, uh, just kind of blew her off for a little bit. So Levi doesn't know what's going on, so he feels like he gets a word for this man. So he, he goes up and he goes, hey, ask this man if he has pain in his foot. And she's like, oh, no, he doesn't know what I'm dealing with here. Like, I'm trying to get away from this guy. And uh, Levi's like, ask him if he has pain in his foot. And so she, she translates, and the guy goes, no, it's or pain in his left foot, is what he said. And the guy goes, no, it's not my left foot, it's my left knee. And he says, okay, ask him if we can pray for him. So they pray for him and ask him, like, to test it out, and nothing. Like, he doesn't experience any difference. And so then Levi feels like he gets another word, and he's like, Ask him if he's seen the man in white. Now, if you haven't heard of this, so many, this man was a Muslim. So many Muslims right now are encountering Jesus in visions and dreams, and they encounter him as the man in white. Thousands and thousands, I mean, more than that. Like thousands of testimonies that you can read about online. Very, very common for Muslims to see Jesus right now. And it's been happening for several years in their dreams and in their visions, and they see him as a man in white. So Levi says, ask him if he's seen the man in, white, man in white. And he goes, oh yeah, I've seen that guy a couple times. <laughs> and uh, he, sa- he starts telling him about these two dreams he had with the man in white. He says, and, th- and get this, this guy has no grid, never read the Bible, no grid for Christianity. He's a Muslim man. He said, I, I seen him in my dream and he was walking on water the first time. He said, the second time I saw him in my dream and he was parted the waters and he looked at me in the eyes and said, follow me. So, so now Levi's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You just put the ball right on the tee for me and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit this out of the park. So now it, Levi's faith is through the roof and he goes, he goes, okay, tell him this. Isa, this is the name of, of Jesus in, in the Turkish language. He says, he said, Oh, no, he said, uh, do you know who the man in white is? And this man said, I have no idea. And he said, God sent me from the other side of the planet to tell you who the man in white is. His name is Esau. It's Jesus. And he said, the man said, oh, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, now I'm going to pray for you again, and this time Esau is going to heal you. And you need to know that it's Esau. It's the man in your, your vision in your dream, who's going to heal you. And so he prays for this man's knee, and this man gets 100% healed. 100% healed. And again, he's there for four or five days, and he ends up spending a lot of time, the whole ministry group, with this man and his family. So they actually are buying them groceries, and they had them over for dinner a couple times. And this whole family, this man's family, just gets wrecked by Jesus Christ. Muslim family, now Christians. They're just getting wrecked by Jesus. And one of the last days, this man calls his, his son, who's no, no longer living at home, and he's, he's living away from home, and he's married. He calls his son and says, you need to come over here. Um, my, my knee problem's gone. It's healed. He said every day he saw this man, he was just like, ah, oh, my knee, it's better. It's better. It's like every day. And um, he calls his son, says, you need to get over here. Um, or no, he says, this man my, prayed for my knee, it got healed. And, you know, he can pray for you to get healed. So he puts Levi on the phone and he just starts praying for uh, his back. He had a back issue and a shoulder issue. So he starts praying for his back. And next thing he knows, the guy is just gone. And he's, he's kind of confused. He's like, well, I'm not sure what happened. I didn't even get to pray for his, his, uh, 
his shoulder yet. And his dad starts to translate and he goes, no, no, his back just got healed. He's actually on his way over here. He's, he's on his way over here. So he shows up with his wife and he prays for his shoulder. His shoulder gets healed and that couple just gets radically wrecked for Jesus. And so it's so interesting. So that's actually not the main story. The main story is before that. So before that happened, Levi knew he's like good friends with this Baptist missionary who's been a missionary in Turkey for years. And before he does the Turkey trip, he asked him, he said, hey, what is the key to leading Turkish people to Jesus? And the guy says, I, I, I've been doing it for a long time and I'll tell you the key. He said, family. He said, we stop trying to convert people one at a time. And now we, we go after families, reaching the whole family for Jesus. Because if you're a Muslim and you receive Jesus, and your family's not on board with it, it can be really difficult. You can be like cut off from your whole family. So he said, we start seeing sustainability for these people when a whole family would get touched by Jesus and the whole family would accept the Lord and they would plant churches in these houses of these families that receive Jesus. Family. There's power in family. There's encouragement in family. There's safety and family, and the enemy knows it, and he's out to take the family down. There's an attack in our culture against family. Why else is there an attack on the family? Let me try this little holder here. Last time I did it, it like flipped. Okay, I think it's good now. Another reason that there's an attack on family is because our job is to bring the kingdom of heaven, heaven to earth. And the kingdom structure is based on family. So if we don't have a structure that's a family, we're going to have a hard time bringing the kingdom into a structure that doesn't look like family. The Lord spoke to us before we started this church, and he said, Everything that I, I want, everything that I want to do in your church can only happen in the context of family. That's why we take very seriously that this church is a family. Like what God wants to do, like he spoke very clearly, it's like you can't run a church like a business. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to receive what I want to pour into your church unless it's structured like a family. So the enemy knows the power of family, and he's out to take the family down. One of the reasons that we've had such an emphasis on relationships, and you know, we've, we're doing the Relationships 101 series right now, we're just about finished up with it, is because we know if we're going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, it has to be done in family, and we have to build a strong family. Like this stuff, Relationship 101 stuff, if this were a business, it wouldn't be all that important, honestly. But when you do church like family, this stuff is majorly important because we're interacting as family. Think about this. God identifies himself as father. Father. We, we have the best dad in the whole world. You guys remember that song? We have the best dad in the whole world, in the whole world. We have the best dad in the whole world. 
You know, religion even wants you to believe that God is this distant father who's, you know, not really interested in your small issues. But honestly, the truth is, he's a father who's better than anything we've ever experienced. Even if he had a great father on earth, he's better than anything you've ever experienced. He's the perfect father, just fully loves you. You have full acceptance in the father. And he's better than we can possibly imagine. We're just scratching the surface on even understanding what kind of a father he is. So the enemy hates the family structure, and he's doing everything he can to diminish the family and to destroy the family. The LGBT movement and the movement trying to erase gender is an attack on the family. This is an attack on the family. Think of this. All of these men and women who identify themselves as homosexual, unless they get free, they'll never be fathers. They'll never be mothers. They'll never have children. It's a war against family. And I'm not saying that that's their agenda. Is that I'm not saying they're anti-family. But the enemy's anti-family, and he's looking for people to partner with. Just like God is looking for people to partner with, Satan is looking for people to partner with to accomplish his will on the earth. Why is there an attack on the family? Because family is the structure that can host and steward the kingdom of God well. Let's go back to Genesis 2.18. It is not good for man to be alone, so I'll make him a helper comparable to him. Now, in a lot of cultures, this verse has been used to reduce wives to the husband's assistant. And I believe that's a gross misunderstanding of this verse. And if that's how you interpret it, you're going to miss the explosive power of this verse. This verse is actually very powerful. Let's read this verse in the Amplified. We're going we're to crank it up a few notches, amplify it. Sometimes you need to plug the word in and just turn it up a little bit. So here's the Amplified Bible of that same verse. Now the Lord God said, it is not good, meaning beneficial, for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper one who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary. Husbands and wives, we are meant to be each other's counterpart. We are meant to be each other's counterpart. We complement one, one another. And when we come together in unity as, a, as one flesh, it's powerful. Like man was incomplete. He's like, this is not good. I don't know what Adam is doing. He's running around the garden naked holding scissors or something. And God's like, that's not good. <laughs> He's missing something. You know what? The Bible says God created man and women in his image. So when man and woman come together and become one flesh, it's the full expression of God. Because he created man and women in his image. So it's powerful when we come together in marriage. It's powerful when we come together in family. The enemy and all the demons in hell are doing everything they can to keep 
Husbands and wives separated and disconnected. The enemy and all the demons in hell are doing everything they can to keep families disconnected and separated because he knows the power in it. He knows the power in it when families become unified. He knows the power in it when husband and wives become unified. And he's terrified of it. Satan is terrified of the earth seeing what a healthy family looks like and what a healthy family can do. Now there's three families that we're a part of here on earth. There's our biological family. And this is the family that we didn't choose. And they didn't choose us. My wife and I, we didn't get to go down to the baby store and say, oh yeah, we want a girl and we want her to look like this and we want her to have this personality. We didn't get to choose any of that. And, and our daughter and our sons, they didn't get to choose us either. They didn't get to choose what kind of parents. They're kind of stuck with us. And so your biological family is it's one of the families you have on earth and it's the one that you didn't choose. The second family that you have is your church family and your friends. This is the family that you get to choose. This is the family that you're like, yeah, I, I resonate with this family. I want to be a part of this family. You get to choose that family. And then the last family and the most important family that we belong to is the family of God. Now, this is the family where we were chosen by God. Even before we knew him, even before we or loved him, he loved us, the Bible says. Amen? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loved us. God chose us. This is a family where we're chosen. This is the most important family, and this is the family that teaches us how to do biological family and church family well. So here's what Jesus has to say about family. I pulled out a few scriptures I feel like were important for today. Matthew 12, 46 through 50. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read about five or six scriptures back to back. If you want to write them down for later, it's Matthew 12, 46 through 50. While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. Someone said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus replied to the one who was telling him and said, who is my mother and my brothers? And extending his hand towards his disciples, he said, behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. One thing I should just say about this scripture, because I think the enemy likes to read scripture to us. We can read that scripture and be like, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, mother. I don't know if I've done the will of God enough. Maybe I'm not quite in the family. Maybe I'm kind of in the family because of, you know, I'm just... But how many know the, the will of the Father is that you accept the Son? The will of Father God is that you accept the Son. He said, he who receives the Son receives me. So if you've accepted the Son, you have done the will of the Father. And you are now included in that verse. Whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, of course, God's going to have other things that he wants us to do in life. But don't disqualify yourself. Amen? If you've accepted the Son, you're in. Psalm 68.6. God sets the solitary in families. I love that. 
He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Proverbs 18.24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Romans 8.15, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by who we cry out, Abba, Father. Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That's a good one. Ephesians 1.5. Ephesians 2.19, so now you Gentiles, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Wow. Sounds like a bunch of family talk. That's family speak. So what does a healthy family look like? How many know we need to get our beliefs about family from how God defines it? Not from our past experience, not from the family that we were raised in. I know it's, it's, it's definitely can be a challenge to not get our idea of family from what we experienced growing up. But the more we encounter God, his love, his idea of family, it starts to transform our idea of what healthy family actually looks like. So here's how God defines family according to the Bible. And I could have made this longer, but I wanted to make it short, but like succinct, not too short, but like this, I feel like covers it. Family is full acceptance and love. Grace provided to make mistakes and not be perfect. And deep connected relationships. Full acceptance and love. Grace provided to make mistakes and not be perfect. Deep connected relationships. Now, if you've never experienced this in a family setting, I want to encourage you that this is available. This is available, and I want to encourage you to connect to the family here at Awaken Life Church. We make it our goal here to be family. We're not perfect at it. We're, we're working on it. We're getting better. But that's our goal. Like, there's, there's like, that's it. It's like, this is going to be a family. And this is what we want to um, cultivate in this culture is family. Full acceptance and love. Grace provided to make mistakes, not be perfect. Deep, connected relationships. So when I, when I look around the room, I don't see congregants. I see mothers, I see fathers, I see brothers and sisters, and I see children. This is how we're to see each other. This is actually the language of the Bible. Brother, sister, dearly beloved children. This is how we love one another. We love each other as brother, sister, mother, father, children. This is how we treat each other as family. Romans 12.10 says this, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Love each other with genuine affection. In a healthy family, you don't have to become accepted. You start out accepted. 
You start out, except think about your, if you have children, think about when they were born, did they have to earn your love and acceptance or did they just start out accepted and loved? Okay, this is how you start out in the family of God. You start out fully loved and accepted. Don't try to come into God's family and, and earn it, just receive it. Don't try to come into Awakened Life Church and earn it. Well, maybe if I'm good at prophetic words, maybe if I look good, I wear the right things, maybe I'll be accepted. Like, no, just come in and know that you're already loved, you're already accepted. Don't try to fight to get in family. Just know that you're already in. You're already in. What's so amazing about God is whether... (laughs) Whether we're representing the family well or not, he never rejects us. We've all had our moments where we didn't represent the family well, his family. But he never says, that's it, you're done. You're misrepresenting me, you're out. Do we do that with our kids? Hey, you know what? You are just not representing the family well. You're out. You're out of the family. He never leaves us, he never forsakes us. So Joy and I take this very seriously. We consider all of you to be our family. We really do. This is our family. And this is your family. I want to I show a movie clip. You can, you can get that ready, Brandon. And this scene represents to me what happens when marriages come together this represents what happens when families come together. We, we saw this movie, and it honestly wasn't that great of a movie. <laughs> but when this scene happened, the Lord spoke to me. How many ever had that happen? You're watching a movie, and all, all of a sudden, you're not even expecting God to speak, but you, you're like, whoa, God just spoke. So when I saw this scene in the movie, like, it hit me hard. And I watched it again a few days ago, and I started crying. So to me, this, is, this represents when marriages come together, when families come together. Go ahead. Stop them. Notice it's like all the power of hell, like holding them back. You got the guy in the background that's like Satan. He's like, stop them. Don't let that happen. Don't let them connect. And it's like all the enemies are holding on to them and they're just literally screaming for each other, like trying to reach for each other. This is like, the Lord just spoke to me so clear. He's like, this is marriages. It's like our spirit, our soul may not feel it, but our spirit is like crying out to connect with each other. It's like crying out and everything, all the power of hell is trying to stop it because he knows what happens. 
He knows the power of family. He knows the power of unity. He knows the power of healthy, connected marriages. And I love how as they embrace, you see all the enemies just dissipate. All the enemies fly back. Even, even the guy in the background, he flies back. Yeah, your spirit is crying out for connection, to connect to family. Your spirit's crying out to connect to God's family, to connect to your church family. Your spirit is crying out to connect to your spouse in a deeper way. When all those things, when we come together in unity in those areas, there's nothing we can't do. We become so powerful and there's nothing we can't do. So I want to encourage you today to fight. Fight. Fight for your marriage. Not just for it to be good, but for it to be great. Fight for connectedness in your family. Fight for connectedness. Stop trying to belong and just know that you already belong. And fight to connect. Fight fight to connect. I'd like everyone to just close their eyes this morning and bow your heads. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, he is welcoming you into his family today. He's welcoming you into the family. He's, this is the family where you're already chosen. Even before you accept him, he already chose you. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. So he's chosen you, and he's welcoming you today into his family. The family of God is what your heart has been longing for. It's what every heart longs for. Full acceptance, fully loved, grace provided to make mistakes and not be perfect, and a deep, connected relationship with Father God and his people. Coming into God's family, it's really easy. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. See, today we celebrate the day of Jesus resurrecting. He came to earth 2,000 years ago and he came to show us who the Father God was. He came to reveal God's power, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. But the most important reason he came was to die. And he went to the cross. He suffered a a horrific, horrible death. And when he went to the cross, he took all of your sin, all my sin, everything that we'd ever do. See, I've done a lot of things I'm not proud of in my life. But when I received Jesus, he took all of my sin and he made me clean and whole. And he'll do that for you right now. But the amazing thing is he didn't stay dead. After three days, he rose from the dead. And that's what we're celebrating today, his resurrection. If you're here and you're wondering, why, are they, why is this like a party atmosphere? It's because we know the significance of what Jesus did for us. 2,000 years ago, and today is the day that we're celebrating that. So if you'd like to receive Jesus today as your Lord and as your Savior, he's not dead on that cross, he's alive. 
He's alive and he's here right now and he's welcoming you into his family. So I'd like us to just say this prayer together and this is just a way for you to say yes, just to connect your heart and say yes to Jesus. So let's just say this together. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my sin. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I confess you as Lord. Be the Lord of my life and guide my life from this day forward. Amen. And with, with the eyes still closed, um, if you said that prayer today and you either rededicated your life or if you just gave your life to Jesus for the very first time, would you just put up your hand just so that I would know? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'll wait one more minute. Is there anybody that would say this, I rededicated my life or I received Jesus for the first time today? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, one more thing. Pastor Joey, would you come up? If you want uh, an upgrade in the area of family, I'd like you to stand with me, and I'm going to pray over us, and Pastor Joy is going to pray over us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just ask for the grace and the strength to fight for connectedness in our families, to fight for connectedness in marriage. I just rebuke the attacks of the enemy that's been against your marriage right now. In Jesus' name. I rebuke the attacks that have been against your family. And I rebuke the lies that the enemy has told you to keep you from connectedness. God, we pray for a healing healing right now in the area of, of connecting to family, that the walls will go down, will no longer self-protect, and that will open up to family and to connectedness and to what you have for us. And we trust you in the process because we know that we're not perfect, but we trust you that you're working things together for our good. Yeah, I just thank you, Jesus, that you're giving us eyes to see what the enemy's doing at different times, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're opening up our spiritual eyes of understanding to see the need, um, even for uh, not just intercession before like a service or a prayer time, but an intercession for a dinner time, that we would fight for that time at the dinner table, that we'd fight for the times when the kids come home, Lord Jesus, that your presence would just permeate homes, God, that your spirit of peace would be upon marriages and upon on uh, mothers and fathers and children and, uh, and, and amongst friends, Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, that you're going to give us the ability to translate the messages that we're receiving from our loved ones as what the, the actual message is. So oftentimes it's, it's a bid for connection, but we're just doing it with a flamethrower. So Lord, I just pray, Father, that you're going to give us the ability to see the love that is actually there, that you would give us the grace to humble ourselves, Lord, in our relationships to go low and to love 
love really, really well. And I just thank you, Father, that you're raising us up into maturity, God. And I thank you for this uh, church family, God, that you are um, using this family to raise us all up into maturity, to raise us all up into the unity of the faith, God. And we just thank you so much, Jesus. Lord, uh, create in us, Father, just that fullness, Jesus, the fullness of what you see in your church. And I thank you, God, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we just give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.